welcome back episode number 59 of the New York Painters podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my co-host, Brett and Luca. And today we're going to be discussing the promising signs of the past week, some questionable decision making, as well as three brand new segments, the Q&A mailbag, stir the pot, and top five. Let's get to it. And welcome back, Luca. Brett, how's it going? Doing really good. Doing really good. Uh, you know, Rangers finished pretty strong, pretty strong there in the first half of the year. Finished, uh, got a win against Florida, got a win against Vegas, and, you know, an overtime loss against Toronto last week, which wasn't the greatest, but they got uh, they got points in all three games, got two two wins, two points in those other two games, and uh, now they're off for 10 days. So what do we do with those 10 days? I have no idea. I, I have I have nothing. I got nothing. I literally tweeted before I played Zero Life besides this, so I have no idea what else to do. You Remember? can rewatch Puss in Boots. Oh my gosh! Oh. Hey, for everyone, for everyone who doesn't know, Puss in Boots, uh, Berkey's favorite movie. Up, no, all time, all time. He said all time. Just got not just got nominated for an Oscar. So uh, congrats, bud. I know what you're. I know. Yeah, it was oh, uh, animated feature. I said yes. it was surprising. It, it had you no said- business. It had no business being that good, is what I said. Yeah, you said it was surprising that you thought it was. It actually was better than Godfather Part Two, which I thought was a bit. I heard, I heard Citizen oh Kane. God. I thought he said Citizen Kane. Oh, it was Citizen Kane. Well, he was rattling off a lot <laughs> when he was talking about it. So, dude, I'm gonna get attacked on Twitter after this one. Holy cow! <laughs> I'm gonna post one little thing about the Rangers, and everyone's gonna go attacking on it. Yeah, of course, like that, like the movie had its cringy moments because, like, it is also a kids' movie, but it's just like, yeah, no, it it was definitely better than it should have been, but yeah, no, I I do I do you know I'll I'll I've pretty much watched so many different things at this point of last year's movie, so I'll I'll, I'll jump on that at some point soon. I I will say, and I and I don't really actually want to get into because it's already been discussed absolutely ad nauseum, but how perfectly rangers is it to end the season when we have nothing else to talk about for the next 10 days than with a nice pr nightmare that they created for themselves oh my gosh with the pride night situation i'm like they couldn't have timed that any worse because like if that had happened you know in the middle of the you know not middle of the season where there's about to be a break when there's actually games going on like eventually what's actually happening in the games would would settle that conversation down a little bit but i'm like we got nothing to do but just to fight in fight for the next 10 days all on that one topic. It was like they a master class in, in that. I said, I don't even want to go ad nauseum into it. It's already been discussed, but I just was like, man, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. To, to mess up a night that badly. Yeah. It's yeah. It's bad. Yeah. It's yikes. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Let's talk about high hockey. Yeah, I'm let's, super let's, psyched. Let's, 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 let's talk about uh, hockey. Yeah. Um, hard, hard, hard. Allen Iverson crossover right there for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I know we talked about last week about the struggles with Panarin and all that. However, it's it's weird. I, I know, like all of a sudden we're talking about it, and that week he ends up. I don't know. Just for me, all the things that we described that he had to do, he seemed to do a better job at it, right? Like, the problem was is he would stay still. It's just that easy to defend him. He's got to keep moving. He's got to keep the defense guessing. Uh, and I thought he did a much better job of that. Um, especially, like, there was this one play versus Vegas. Like, he just went coast to coast 
like he, he looks so much better. Um, and, and, you know, that was definitely an encouraging side because that was the one, one of the big questions, you know, like if we're going anywhere as uh, with this team, like Panarin's going to have to produce the best that he can. Um, and obviously, like I know, he he's probably going to need, I, I don't know, like the, his line mates have kind of been, because like, listen, like we spoke about how Krasov's still trying to figure it out. So it's kind of hard with Panarin there. And then Trocek and him just, it doesn't click. And then maybe, you know, the Rangers have to go out and get someone, which is interesting enough. If anyone has saw us on Twitter or anything, um, we had a source that said that uh, the Rangers were in talks with Chicago about Kane and also inquired uh, to St. Louis about Tarasenko. Uh, obviously, whoever has followed us for like the past year now, Luke, I believe you did the article on uh, last January, last year, about a possible Filipino for DeBrusque that we heard about. You probably don't remember. It was a year ago you wrote the article. Uh, and then uh, we got that. And then it ended I up. I certainly don't. Yeah, no. So we got that, and then it ended up a, m- a month and a half later. Elliot, I was I was like stunned when this happened. Like we had we had the stars right that told us um, a heel for DeBrusque swap was on the table possibly, and uh, a month and a half later, a trade deadline, Elliot Freeman like confirms it, and I was going nuts. Like I was watching, I'm like, holy crap. Um, and yeah, we all, we also had a few things that were also confirmed. So yeah, no, just something that threw out there. Like obviously, we're all being like this is kind of obvious. This is what GMs do before the trade deadline, right? They like see the landscaping of it. Uh, but it's just like, you know, better not know it's, that it's, it, you know, it's happening. Yeah. It's honestly like, look, what Chris Jury, what Joe Sackett, you know, Julian Brisewatt, any GM were worth, uh, you know, a kernel of rice is going to, if they're in the hunt and even if they're not in the hunt, they're going to call other GMs. They're going to talk. They're going to, get the lay of the land, so to speak. And there's a reason why, uh, like, all of these deals take until the last possible minute sometimes because these guys are calling so many other people. So, like, while, yes, I'm, I 100% believe that Jury has called those guys, spoken to those teams about those specific players, is anything imminent? No, no, not even remotely close. Right. Uh, I, you know what I mean? But you, you, but I, you get my point. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no. that's he, they're all doing due, due diligence. If nothing happens, would not surprise me in the slightest. Right, and I know a uh, player you were interested for the Rangers to possibly get is O'Reilly, which they have not heard. I did ask; they have not heard anything. Honestly, like I, so I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna like jump on the like. O'Reilly's the only guy possible bandwagon, but no, you know, I just knew he was. Like I, I also, I also in. think if you, if if you're, yeah, if you're going to go into that route, I also think that people might. I don't really care if people roast me. I don't give a shit. Like, I think Jonathan Taves for a second round pick uh, is really a really, really, really good add to this team. Uh, a third line center, Jonathan Taves, who still is a phenomenal face-off person, um, which is something this team is still really not good at. Uh, although Trocek has definitely, like, bumped us up a little bit. You know, you you, you get my point. I think that he could really add a lot uh, in that regard, not to mention the fact that, like, and I know that we don't want to talk – it's, you know, veterans and, and what they could do for you in the, in the postseason is, is really – it's it's over talked about quite a bit, but 
I don't know. There, there is a certain. There's something to it, uh, but it's overdone. There, 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 there's something to it. It's over. It's there's something to it. It's 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 talked about every year, obviously, um, for a young team team that, quite frankly, right now there's not a single person on this team that's won a cup, right? Other than Goudreau. Uh, nope. Nope. That's it. Nope. And I'm I'm not saying it's necessary, but like that extra, like look look at the '94 Rangers. Like they added a few players, obviously that had more. And obviously, like, you know, Messi had, like, a fucking, you know, treasure trove of, of cups. Uh, but they they had experience. And obviously, it's a different league back then. It's a different fucking – everything's different. Um, but they added a lot of players with, with experience at the deadline. I don't know if that's kind of the route that they're going to go this year. I, I certainly hope it's not because I don't necessarily want to trade away the entire, you know, cupboard uh, for one kick at the can, so to speak. But, you know. I'll, I'll shut the hell up. Yeah, no, I mean, Valley made a great point. Uh, like, a, I think it was a week ago. Like, try to get guys, like, not just because their contracts are expiring. It, it's that, like, they also have something to prove, right, for the next uh, contract. So they, so they really, really give it their all. Now, obviously, they're NHL players fighting for a cup, so they're kind of giving their all anyway, but it's an extra boost, which I, I kind of found, uh, you know, it was a good point. Um, speaking of Trocek, by the way, that you mentioned before, I wanted to ask you both because I was thinking about this question uh, and I actually asked Brett this uh, on the phone a couple of days ago. Looking back now, uh, Brett, I guess we'll start with you. Would would you have signed Trocek? Nope. Nope. Just because you know, I have. Yeah, no, ab absolutely not. There's no no chance. Uh, I mean, I was a little leery of it to begin with. I mean, I, I like him as a player, you know, and it wasn't like, oh, man, this sucks having Mr. Trocek on our team. I mean, obviously not. But. Um, it did signal a lack of faith in in Heedle directly, um, and I felt that especially after the playoffs that he had had in the end of the year, and just he was really seen to start putting it together. Um, it's just another one of those decisions where uh, I, I feel like this team stopped short of completing the rebuild and trusting the process and getting a little antsy, um, and I think it's going to cost us because I, I when I keep looking at the cap going forward, it gets really ugly unless. There's some sort of rabbit out of the hat, you know, cat move that Drury can pull. So absolutely not. Now, it's not saying that I don't like Trocek. I don't like him on a team, even though he's been kind of struggling lately. Um, I'm not really concerned about his play overall or where it's going to be for a little while. But uh, just the what it does for Heedle, I'm not a big fan of. I don't know what you mean, but... You know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to jump in real quick. I, I agree. Uh, there's certain... Look... You added Trocek, you subtracted Shrum. I, I think it's an upgrade over Shrum. I think he's yep. a superior skater compared yep. to Shrum. Absolutely. Um, he's obviously superior in the face-off dot. By the way, I don't know if anyone has been looking, but Shrum has gotten worse in face-offs this year. Wow. Uh, I don't know if that was possible, but he has. Uh, and, you know, I think that the when we look at it, it's it's not even like the number in the contract. I don't know the exact number. Uh, it's the term. It's the years that that kind of that that kick me in the. Well, the term was the, the fun reason, parts. The term was the reason why they were. Able oh to no! Be able to be I understand. Yeah, 
it's just it's just the, the length is what really uh you know is not fun now in the long term if if Heedle can continue to produce and continue to like do what he's doing right now which it's so fun to watch him actually start to kind of blossom into this. and I know that goal the other night was against the Knights was a bit crazy uh, yeah. but you know what he he created the opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was a fluke goal, but he created the opportunity and it's fine. That It is what it is. He also stopped um, with it, which a lot of players wouldn't do. Like a player once yeah. uh, the broken play, all right, that's it. I give up. Like, you know, he kept on battling for it and he was rewarded. And, 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 and a year or two ago, he wouldn't have been able to continue with it. You know what I mean? Um, So that, that's, that's something that I think that is really just fun to watch. And I, I think that, Hopefully, uh, as the cap can go up, whether it's a little bit this year and then more next year, uh, they can figure out a way to make it work. You know, we'll, we're, we're certainly going to see. Um, time's going to tell about that. Uh, but, yeah, it's tough. I honestly would have actually preferred signing cop, putting him on your third line, and then, you know, then you have a a one two three of Zabanjad, Cop, and Heedle, pretty much the same that you finished last year with, obviously. Um, but it's going to be much less term, and the I believe it's around five million uh, is what he is what Cop's getting. Um, but yeah, you know, I, hindsight's you know twenty twenty, so you know it is what it is at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just trying to think of like. If they didn't sign Churchy, like was there was there any cheap third um, line centers that just had like a one year? Like think about it. If you didn't sign Trocheck, right? You're talking about an extra this offseason, almost six million extra. So not only do you have no problem uh, resigning the kids, but now you can make another long term uh, long term addition where you really need it because now Heedle, right, is taking your second line center. Uh, you get a cheap third line center and maybe you could get that top six right winger, right? Then we don't have money for it now, obviously for a rental we do, but not long-term. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole problem with those moves and getting, I think over antsy with rushing a rebuild is you start taking away options from yourself when you hand out long-term contracts, more AAV and, and uh, NMC is like their fucking candy, which is, uh, I mean, I know, I realize that's a, big thing around the league now too is just handing anyone an MMC but I don't know why they're always so eager to give players that when it just removes so many options to be able to get out of contracts be fluid and address needs as they come up it just seems so also, silly to, to box yourself in as a sweetener you know as a player though too like I don't understand why I don't like I get that you want to have control of where you go but like if a yeah. team wants to get rid of me if a team wants to get rid of me I don't necessarily like. I obviously don't want to be traded to like. I wouldn't want to be traded to like in Arizona or something like that, especially if you're a veteran and stuff like that. But there's modified no trade clauses, which yeah. I think, which I think that should be the fucking norm. Um, yeah, your eight, your eight, ten team sort of, you know, yeah. PCs. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um. Nashville gives those out very, very frugally. Now, Nashville also just gave up on 
Ely Tolovan or whatever his name is. I probably slaughtered the pronunciation of it. They just put him on waivers, and now he's in Seattle, and he's he's already amassed like I think a how many teams passed a up career on him? point. What was that? How many teams passed up on him? No, he was drafted by the Preds. No, 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 no. When he was waived. I have no idea how there many. Was like, I sure. think there was like eight to ten teams. I, I don't know how you let a guy slide like that. You have nothing to lose by picking up. Nothing. Worst comes to worst. Okay. It doesn't work out. You wave him and someone else will try. Like, you had nothing to lose. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never understood it. Like, I was talking. Uh, I don't remember if it was Rob Luker or Josh. But I was, like, asking them. They're like, uh, but we, we, like, we thought about it. I was like, you know, they are not even going to be willing to give a crass off a chance. You think they're going to be willing to give Ellie Tolvin a chance? No, no way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there's just no chance. Um, anyway, uh, I just, you know, going back to a little bit more positive things, I know there were a lot of uh, things uh, to get annoyed about regarding the coach and all that. I know we've sounded like a broken record here on this podcast with him. Uh, the, the one thing that lacked the season for me that I really didn't like, because that's what you need in the playoffs, is those greasy goals um crashing the net and all that and they did a really good job i i really liked what they did uh this week or rather last week um i don't remember which goal it was versus florida but man like there were three all three rangers forwards just in the crease battling for it I, was it vc that scored in the end yeah i think so yeah i mean like those type of goals like you love to see because those are the type of goals you score in the playoffs again also there's also different types but those are like when everything tightens up you're not able to do as much as uh, West East Coast passes, you know, those are the goals you have to get, uh, which is actually why I think Trocek will make his money in the playoffs because he thrives in those areas. Um, but yeah, you it, they lacked uh, production there for like the whole season. And now to see them being able to do that it is a really, I don't know, just for me personally, a really big positive. Yeah, uh, for sure. And you, yeah. I mean, you have to think that that uh, Trocek shooting percentage is going to regress to a higher mean than it is at right now too it's it's pretty low so i expect he'll start putting the puck in the net a lot better i mean he has been doing better like versus vegas um obviously deflected off Kreider's uh leg but he cut to the middle like he was able to you know those are the type of plays right, right? yeah during the playoffs those are the goals you score and yeah i i mean that was just one thing for me that i thought even though there was like a bit uh, like, listen, they went two and one uh, last week, but like, obviously there was stuff, you know, with going to coach uh, a lot of questions there, but that was just one thing I thought that was very positive. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't know. You, you guys, what, what are the positives you got to say about last week? I, I liked what I saw out of Will Cooley from, from limited time. I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say like, I, I loved everything, but I just, I, you know, in the limited time that he got, I, I liked, uh, I liked what he brought to the table. Yeah, I'd like to see him get more time in the future and come up. You know, he's got a lot of skills, you know, big guy. And we need we need shooters, too. And that's definitely his uh, his M.O. is being a real good shooter. So I like that a lot. Um, I, I got to say one thing that I really liked uh, this past week is is Halak. Um, you know, a lot of people yeah. had a lot of doubts about him. Um, and, and, you know, he's he's let in some softies. But even the games where he let in some soft goals, he also stopped a lot of really good opportunities too. Even in games where he let up a few weak ones, uh, he's just been great as a backup. And um, you know everything you could really hope for 
for somebody that's going to come in. I, I, I really question him starting the last game before a 10 game break. I didn't really understand that. Um, yeah, it but doesn't make any sense to me. Didn't but. make any sense. I'm like, if it had been a back-to-back, I'd understand it, but it wasn't. The only like, reason why I accepted that is because Ben Wallaire said to do that. Right. And you know, I mean that was the only that was the only reason why I accepted it. Because listen, if Ben Wallaire's the great Benoit, yeah. Yeah, the goalie guru. I I mean, yeah, I ain't I ain't questioning him. Like obviously there's a point where like it's even no matter how big of an expert they are, it's questionable. And, like you know, you think for yourself, but like he obviously 100% there's the benefit of the doubt on that one. Oh, like, absolutely. He does. Yeah. yeah. Glenn yeah. doesn't. Benoit Lair does. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. He, he's, he's earned it. But uh, yeah, regardless of that, I, just, I thought it, I just thought it was odd. You know, yeah. it just seemed like an odd time to, to put your backup in, especially before a 10 long break. But, but he, he played really well. He made a lot of really great stops. Um, I, I've just been, uh, I've been really up on, on his game and, and I, and I like it. So that was a big positive for me, his start. His past five, his past five starts, uh, five and zero, and a nine three eight save percentage. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, yep. give him the fucking Vezina. <laughs> <laughs> I love how like on the NHL app it shows like the backup goalies, you know, at the top because they have technically the best save percentage because they only played like freaking five games. Right, it's yeah. just so yeah. annoying. It's just the, the guy. The guy's faced like a hundred shots all year. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another another thing, like it wasn't only they got the grease goals, but like where's Florida? Like this is was the frustrating thing with me with Golan. Like he, well, anyway, like you got to give credit when's due. If you're obviously going to criticize them, he made uh, he had great lines. He had a great idea. It, it, of course, if the kid lines the second line and that Trocheck lines the third line, right? You got the top line of Kreider's advantage up in there, and all of them have been struggling five five. But maybe if you put them together. Right. Maybe they could figure something out and produce uh, the kid line, the second line. Right. Just give them time together. Great chemistry. Give them ice time. Let them grow. And the third line could just be such a pain in the side for opponents because all, all those players are just. Yeah, they're they're just people, uh, players that get to the tough areas. They, they're just resilient. And, you know, obviously we're starting that far to go with BC. They just don't give up and crash the net. Um, and they're all pr- uh, very responsibly. uh Defensively. So I, I thought that would be a really solid third line. And and then it's just like you give credit to that. And then they play like, listen, there were holes in everyone's game. There were like hiccups that there were realized there was there was, you know, obviously, you know, uh, giveaways that shouldn't have happened. There were mistakes, but it was their first game as a line and they won uh, six to two at glance after the game. I, I don't like the lines. Uh, I, you know, we may have to change him. I, I don't know. Uh, I'll see. He didn't say I'll, I'll have to change him, but he's, he said I'll see them. Uh, I'll see how they are. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get that because, like, I, yeah. No, sorry, you, 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 no, you go about do no, 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 no. I, I was kind of really finished there. It's, it's. I understand what you're saying. They won six to two. They also won six to two against a team they should have beaten. Uh. And I, I wouldn't say – and you you did mention this. It wasn't a flawless game. They, 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 they no, you know, And I, I understand what you're saying, though, too. It was like, promising is what I'm saying. It looked yeah, exactly. It just because just it's not a flawless game doesn't mean it's not promising. doesn't mean that – you know, if it's not promising, then you, you could still stick with it. Um, and I, I think that's something that is uh, is frustrating that, like, you know – his 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 bar of perfection is just like 
it's too much. It's unattainable, and that's the only reason for him to keep lines together. It seems, and that hasn't happened at all. Like um, it has to. They have to be perfect right out of the gate. It, it, there's no room for yeah. growth. There's no room. Not every player can connect right away. They they have to gain chemistry, and and it's just like, of course, it's not going to be perfect. Listen, like if they won six to two, it was terrible. But like they got the lucky goals. Okay, maybe yeah, fine, I get it. But it was like there's so much, you know, there was so much to like about it. Like they got the greasy goals, which they lacked, and they not only that, they had the gorgeous goals as well, right? And it's just like okay, maybe give this a chance for a couple of games, see what they can do. If not, worse comes to worse, you change it, but give them a little time, you know. It is frustrating. Um, yeah. Yeah, he just doesn't have uh, it. He has, he has no patience to let anything roll, and and it's obvious where his biases are because even in uh, um, that Maple Leafs game, you know, you have the kid line, the only one that's scoring, the only one doing anything, and uh, and people said, oh, they did play in the last four minutes, but not together as a line. Like Kako played, and like Hedl was out there, but not at the same time. Like he didn't use for the last four or four and a half minutes the the kid line, the one that had been performing the only really when they've been performing the whole night. And it's so it's obvious that his biases are always towards the it's just some coaches seem to love, you know, like Tortorella is a coach like that where like he doesn't really appreciate a really skilled scoring player. He loves uh, you know, kind of like the lunch bucket, sort of like Nick Bellino sort of players that are just like hard working, you know, greasy, tough to play against, gritty kind of players. But did he, has he like, won yet though? Has he won that yet? Uh, has he won? Because if he's won, it doesn't matter how he played; he's automatically good. That's the right. Rule. Exactly, and 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 Glenn obviously has that bias of 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 veterans and certain types of players and the skilled uh, offensive players. Even if they're the only ones showing any life, is still not enough for him to to trust. Like what he um, said, what he said was is like he's not gonna put anyone ahead of Kreider. Zabanajad and Panarin. Like, that's not what we were saying. Don't put Listen, the kids in front of them. Just You could still give them time without putting them in, in front of the those players. I, the top I, line, yeah, that was such a disingenuous argument. That really pissed me off because I'm like, now you're treating us like we're idiots and you're making an argument that it's a straw man. No one, no one was saying that the kids need to play above Panarin, Kreider, and, and Zabanajad. No one. No one said that. Um... So that's just that's just nonsense, and you know he, he's he's basically just a basically just a liar and a disingenuous person. Uh, at least when it comes to managing a hockey team, he may be wonderful in his personal life and not like that. But he is he is cagey and not very honest about what he's doing and why. But like it was encouraging the lines he put on. I'm like, all right, you know he, he's he you know give give props one do like you know he he had a great idea there, and then it just unraveled. I, I really don't get it. Like VC does not belong in the top six. Like wh when you, when we say Goudreau doesn't belong in the top six, VC doesn't belong in the top six. It's not a knock on them. It's not telling them they stink. They are great at what their roles are supposed to be. That's not their role. Right. Yeah. It, no. It, like what people take it. Like when we say Goudreau doesn't belong in the top six, like do you know, like, so you're telling me he sucks. He's not worth anything. No, no, no. He's no. A great at what he does. Terrific. That's th those are the type of players you want as depth when you try to contend, but they're not top six. They don't belong there. That's not their role. No, and and if your whole thing is, and this is, is by his claim, is his whole thing is like, I'm just trying to win games, just trying to win. That's you know doing whatever to think, and that is the most boring part. Is that 
he thinks that in late game situations that Jimmy VC is his best chance uh, to score goals and win games. And it's just like, uh, you know, and scratching Kratzov too is, 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 is good for uh, the team, even though he's one of the best, of, you know, one of the better defensive players, uh, even at his young age and still hasn't earned any trust. Um, and he says he looks at analytics and it matches the eye test. It's just it's nonsense because all these things contradict each other and you don't even have to be much of a soothsayer to prove it. You can look at a lot of very verifiable things and just see that he's just not being very honest. He has his own biases and he will justify them any way he wants to. He's like he's like Gary Bettman, but just for the Rangers, where whatever lie to suit the angle he needs at that given moment. That's I mean, like BC was a steal, was a steal. Oh, absolutely. Love him. Steal. I, I love, love the guy. Great fourth liner. He he has ins- insane analytic numbers uh, regarding defensive wise. But like he doesn't belong in the top six, right? No. That contract for the next two years, if he keeps on playing with this, an absolute steal. Yeah, absolute steal. But still doesn't belong in the top six. That's not his nope. role. Nope. Nope. He's uh, four, what's up? Fourth what, line, maybe third it, line. What time is it? Is it is it time for is it time for mailbag? I think it is. I think it is. I think it is. Uh, it's time for mailbag. We got, we got, we got our first mailbag here. So actually, uh, we've been working, uh, I think, for a couple of weeks trying to come up with segments. You know, uh, we got a few segments here. Obviously, there will be a few, but uh, these are the ones for now. We're gonna have a bit of a Q and A, uh, and then there's another segment called Stir the Pot, which is either rather, uh, either like a silly question just to talk about or an actual uh, serious one. Uh, could be one or the other. And then Luca's got our top five of. Yeah. So what, you know, just an idea, you know, we're going to kind of try and finish the end of maybe every podcast, maybe we'll switch it up here and there, but finish the end of podcast with a different top five every week. And, and you know, uh, you know, this week is going to be something else. We'll get to that in a second. We're going to finish it with that, but it's, it'd be a different top five each week. And it's not like a top five teams currently in the NHL. That's just a little boring. Um, everyone can just look at a, a, the standing and kind of go with it from there, but it's more of a personal top five of different things. So I think it's going to be a little bit more interesting and fun for us to kind of jump into all that. But first we're going to go to the mailbag first. All right. So we asked, obviously, the Q&A mailbag on our Discord server and as well as our Twitter uh, account. All right. We're going to start off first uh, with Schneider is top 10. How many pieces away do you think the Rangers are from being able to come out of the East in the playoffs? Mm. Uh, All right. I'll, I'll jump on this one first. I think that the Rangers are... This is the, by the way, I didn't. We, this is the first I'm hearing of these questions, so it's not like we were like given a scouting report. And this is kind of how I wanted it. I think we are one piece, and I'm not. And I'm like, this is this, it's so hard to say that. And this like, isn't to win the cup, by the way. This is to come, to come out, out of the east. east. Which I yeah, think I, I think, I think we. Yeah, Sorry, it could be at this point, especially if Colorado falters or continues to falter. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think we're – if I'm being generous, I'm saying one. If I'm being probably realistic, very realistic, two. Um, and if I'm being really honest, I think those two pieces are on the offensive side. 
Uh, and I think everyone knows where those pieces need to be. And there's no need, no need for me to go further with that. So I'm going to kick that to Brett. Yeah, I'm going to say two uh, top six winger and uh, a six D-man. This is assuming everyone's healthy and there's no injuries. Um, I think you can make yeah, a lineup. Course. I think you can make a lineup with a top six winger and then a six D man pushing Harper back to being a seventh D man. Oh, how did we forget about that? What his signing and whatnot, yeah. or do we? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't. I it's mean, more I don't, of it's it's more of why, like yeah. I'll be his, honest, I don't hate it. No, no, no I, like. It's like you could do it later. Like you could look at the market and see later on, are there better replacements? If there's not, you can sign them. Like you didn't have to do it now is what I'm saying. I genuinely I genuinely think that they think that he's the 6D man. I, I do not think they signed him for two more years, even though it's a low, you know, it's basically leak minimum right, right around it contract, uh, that they believe that he's the 6D man. He, they, I don't think they – extended him right now for him to be a seventh D man. They're going to pick up another guy. And I've read a few things from some people that seem to intimate that as well, that they were, this isn't them signing him to be seventh. He's the six. Hayek is the seventh. That would be disappointing. Like, listen, he's, he's exceeded expectation what he thought we thought he would be, but you know, I, it's not good enough. Right. He's a, he, he would be, I'm fine with him being a seventh defenseman. It was more of like, why now? Couldn't you have just waited to see if there was any better replacements? If not, you could always go back and sign him. Those type of guys aren't gonna say no. They want it. They they are desperate. They I, want a contract. It's it speaks to their intentions with him. I think. I think it really does. A lot of people are, are I think, uh, very optimistically hoping that that's more of a seven D man situation. We're still going to be investing in somebody, but I think we do pick up another D man. Um, but it's so Hayek isn't the seventh D guy. I think it's going to be another Tenorti esque uh, signing just to kind of fill in the ranks a little bit. Um, I don't think we're going to be getting like a significant upgraded defensive, which is what I'd want top six winger and a, and a an upgrade to the six D man. That's what I think this team is missing um, to make a, a good cup run. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not going to really add on that much here. I'm just kind of in agreement uh, with you guys here. Uh, I think it's, you know, I, there's a different question asking about what would it take to win the cup. So I'm, I'm kind of going to save that. But like, yeah, to get out of the East, I think maybe two players, uh, maybe a third. Um, anyways, uh, the next question is from Darkside73. What, like, obviously, I, I'm assuming this question was asked because I did post regarding like we were hearing that they were talking to Kane again where it's not uh, it's not like we're not saying it's detox anything's imminent it was just they did put up the phone and ask um what I'm gonna I'll say this he did he said it how what do you think we're giving up for Kane I'm just gonna word it as like what do you think we would give up for Kane I know I know Brett is shaking his head already um I'll I mean, tell you I, I, know, I, I, I already tell I, I, yeah I'll tell you I, I think I think what I think they're giving up for Kane is going to give up Kratzov, Zach Jones, and, uh, and a draft pick. And depending on the, how diluted they are in thinking of what his value is, um, that's already too high of a price for for my liking. But I think that's really where it is. I There doesn't seem like there's going to be any room for Jones. Obviously, Kratzov is the first man up to be dealt. Those are both still two pretty attractive op- op- options for uh, a rebuilding team like the, the Blackhawks. So I think that's where it begins. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I kind of agree. I think that would be 
around look there's always like there's always so many different things that we can't even like think I mean, about they or, aren't like they aren't get begin to they aren't giving up there, there's so many no i, I agree <laughs> i'm just saying there's there's so many things that they're that we can't even like begin to like comprehend them like think about like oh like yeah like what about this or that but i think that is kind of what the basis of everything if there is going to be a deal in place for kane to the rangers those are the three main cogs yeah, I, I I could really see it as like a first Zach Jones and Kravtsov going the other way. Yep. With yeah. with them retaining fifty percent of Kane's contract, I don't want Kane. But if it's if it's gonna go down, it's probably gonna go down like that. Um, yeah, and, and maybe Drury can finesse it to being Robertson instead or something like that. You know, uh, I, I doubt it. I mean, the the nightmare situation is if you know I don't want to go there. I'm gonna remain a little bit positive. Yeah, I think that's where it is. I think we're aligned. Let's let's next question it up. All right, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but Pine Boylet uh, asks, how can the Rangers utilize and optimize the players at the trade deadline? Um, I, I think one thing they got to really look at is look at, I mean, we just mentioned Jones and Kratzoff and, and Robertson. Uh, we got to really look at those players and players at, at that level and kind of project and see what, 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 what we believe that they are. Um, and also if they fit the time. And also table. like, and look, look, look at the timetable, look at, look at project shit out, see the future, try and see the future a little bit, you know? Um, and the problem is, is that if you wait, on trading off any of these guys, their value can dip. You know, I always go back to the the Yankees with Clint Frazier. Um, Clint Frazier was like, you know, a, a top 10 pick and I think he's a top 10 pick in baseball at one point. He was a huge piece in the deal for, I think it was Andrew Miller or Chapman uh, to the Indians at one point when they were still the Cleveland Indians, um, and he he it was a big key, key part of the trade coming back, and the guy just never panned out. And like the, like the Yankees were like, oh no, we're gonna hang on to him, we're gonna hang on to him, we're gonna hang on to him. And then eventually, like a year and a half ago, they released him and got nothing for him. Right, you got to understand so, when to you know. Yeah, so I mean, like it's like I understand that everyone wants to wait and believe in in all the prospects, and uh, you know the act of um, the entire idea of like a prospect and, and their ability and their possible future is so enticing. It's so fun to think about, but there's a huge, but they might not never be good, you know? And that's, that's a real, very realistic possibility. They might never actually pan out um so it's 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 a real hard thing to actually kind of you know it's 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 a really look there's a reason why there's only 32 32 jobs uh with with title gm in the nhl uh it's it's hard and i don't know what the answer is but I, i i think that what 
getting back to the original question, I think that's going to be, I don't know how they're going to optimize it. I think it's, it's going to rely around that. And it might not be this year trading away a lot of those guys. It might be trading away draft picks instead. Although I don't know how I would feel about it. Look, there, there's so many things that they could do instead of trading away players. I don't know. It's, it's really tough, but I think that that's one of the ways they could optimize it. They have so many things in their arsenal to get players coming in um, that it's, it's, it's really hard to gauge. Here's what, uh, what I think, and this is not what's going to happen, but it's what I would, how I would optimize it is one, keep Kratz up. He's not going to be expensive to, to sign again. Um, he is, he's legitimate. I'm telling you that that kid is going to be a good player for somebody. It might as fucking well be us. Uh, we've already gone through the ringer with him and he needs to be playing. Uh, I mean, the fact that he's played as few hockey games as he, as he has, and he has as good a defensive stats as he has is fucking phenomenal. And that's not even his strength. That's not his wheelhouse. And you give him time with real players to cook, and he's going to show you something special. So I would say holding on to him is key. Zach Jones is in an unfortunate situation, a lot like Niels Lundqvist, you know, was where it's like, when is he going to get to crack the lineup? And is he actually going to be the truth or not? I, I don't know. But this team, I don't think, is really looking for another small puck moving defenseman. So I'd say get rid of him. And then that Dallas first-round pick that we have – Get the fucking bit of that thing. That thing might end up being the 32nd round pick. Um, yeah. But at the deadline, you could still probably convince people that it might be, you know, might end up being somewhere in the 20s and a lot more valuable. But I'm a big believer in Dallas this year. That team, I think, could really cook in the playoffs, especially if Ottinger gets hot. How crazy is it that in one draft, they got Hiskanen, Hiskanen Robertson, and Ottinger? Oh, it's nuts. It's oh, it's nuts. just they they got themselves out of uh I mean they were in such such hell with with being saddled with Ben's contract who's actually playing better now and uh, and Sagan is actually the highest played. Well, they have more support, and they have a lot more support. And boy, they're a they're a fun team. I like. I mean, I've never really liked them as like a franchise in general. I, mean, I never hated them. Just kind of like they're middle of the road. But like, I'm actually a fan of them now because of the players that they've added. They're just a fun team to watch. And I think they could be they could be deadly. So that draft pick that we got from them could be almost a second round pick. So I'd say pawn that off on somebody, pawn Zach, jo- Zach Jones off, because I just don't think there's going to be room for him in the near future. I, I would agree. Where's I would agree with that. And, uh, it's, it's actually really funny. The It's like that first round is, I mean, obviously like those players are all really far away from the Hall of Fame, but it's almost like the 74 fucking Steelers draft class. In, this, in 1974, the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted Jack Lambert, John Stallworth, Mike Webster, and Lynn Swan. All four of them went into the Hall of Fame. Wow. In one draft class. That's fucking insane. And that's Scout earned his paycheck that year. Yeah. It's probably going to be conditional, like, though. Like, the first round picks. Like, it's going to be like, you could have uh, whichever is going to be um, the worst of the first round picks you'll get. But if, like, the Rangers make the Eastern Conference Finals or something. Like, it, it'll be something. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Whatever. Yeah, I, I, it'll be something conditional or something along those lines. Um, all right, going on to the next question from Epic, uh, which is kind of what we were talking about last week. What is wrong with the power play unit that's, uh, that makes it so effective, you know, is now in decline um, since last season? How can the Rangers adjust and bring it back to that same effectiveness? 
I feel like we did that one ad nauseum already, honestly. Yeah, it's it, they're just so fucking predictable. That's the that is literally the what what you know. It's they're just so predictable. It's basically they all moved to Zabanajad to cut him off. Panarin never shoots, so that's why you know the, all they they just hog Zabanajad. So there's no threat on the other side because you know, um, is not the same as last year for whatever reason. Trocheck's uh, just hitting into the goalie's chest, which is weird though, because I asked, I think I mentioned this last one. I asked Caroline, uh, yeah, on a writer, like, you know, like, well, what's Trocheck's deal here? Like, I've never heard, like, obviously, I'm not a Carolina fan, so I guess I wouldn't have heard to begin with, but like, I never heard, like, he's known for just always hitting into the goalie's chest and all that. And he said he hasn't, he wasn't like that before, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's got like, listen, like, when there's a habit going around. Um, where like there's not a lot of snipers and they generally hit into the chest, kind of rubs off on other people. I think that sometimes happens, uh, unless you're really good. Again, it, it could happen, it, it just depends on the player. Sometimes it does affect them, it does affect them, it doesn't affect them. Um, yeah, just he never usually had that problem. I thought for sure he would say, Yeah, he always hit in the goalie's chest, always hit the post. Uh, it was just a nightmare, and he did not say that at all, which kind of shocked me there. I, I thought that, uh, yeah. Sorry, no, I was just saying, I, I, as I said, I think they're, they're super predictable, but I also think they need to inject something else into that top power play and subtract Trocek. It's the, it's the one-timer. Is, it's the one-timer yeah, on the other I understand show, that. Though. Exactly, and I think that might be Kako or Lafreniere. Whoever has the better one-timer, go with. Uh, I think that it's really hard to tell because both those guys don't want to actually shoot the puck. They always pass Heedle. the puck now. Give that, I, uh, I, he, yeah, Heedle, yeah, Heedle's Heedle. probably... You're right. He'll he'll probably. You're right. One hundred percent. You're right. He'll is the guy who really should be there. Um, and he's been, play, he, he's been playing Aaron, hungry too. He has, and honestly, you know, tips off or you know, hats off, tipping the cap. Uh, you, you saw his girlfriend uh, posted it during the game all the time on MSG. Yeah, I mean, good for you, Philip. She's she looked good job. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, I think you, you pop Panarin down to the bumper. I think Panarin, for some reason, they're, they're yeah, obviously like, you know, he's so skilled. You, you, know, you don't want to just like put him in the bumper. You want him to handle the puck and everything, but I, it's, it's, he's so shoot. skilled that, yeah. I think, I think if you, I, I, I just have a feeling that he would be so good in that spot. Um, you know, I, I think, I don't think the power plays that far off from like just firing away. The funny thing, and I mentioned this, this last week, and I don't mean to make it a big point, but you know, in years past when the power play sucked during like the Tortorella era, it was to the oh, point where we wanted to because, yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, but it wasn't because that the, the the power play was like inept. It was a, it was because the power play was inept at getting the puck and maintaining it and keeping it in, in the zone. They, they, well, they couldn't never... keep it in the zone. Now, now they actually, they, they hold, they, they like, for the most part, they get the puck in the zone and they're just not good enough at, ma- you know, well, they just keep the perimeter too much. They're just, they're all on the outside. They keep, they keep staying on the outside. It's the same problem five and five, to be perfectly honest. It's, it's a little more obvious, I think, but they just, they're not very good at getting the puck actually and, and cutting to the center of the ice and, and getting shots on, getting rebounds. Um, it, it's exactly. way too way too much perimeter play on the outside and passing around instead of going to the net. Yep. All right, we're gonna do the next. Um, I'm, I'm gonna say the next three questions kind of rapid fire, so we'll go 
Luca, correct, and then me. Yep. Uh, gotcha. First one, Chris, who's more likely not to get re-signed, Miller, Hedo, or Lafreniere? Miller, Hedo, Lafreniere. Most likely to not get re-signed, I would say Hedo. Um, yeah. But I, 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 I think they're going to find a way to get all three of them. That's my answer. Yep, good answer. Okay. Uh, next one is Pulse. Is Brain Schneider going to be locked up long term in the coming future? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, he's 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 getting better. He's he surprised me this year with uh, uh, with how much he's progressed and come along. And he's the kind of defenseman that the Rangers want, whereas Zach Jones isn't. Braden Schneider is, um, and he's he's improved himself. So yeah, I do think they. As soon as they have the space to to give him an extended contract, I think they do. Okay. And uh, Tate, why are people so quick to count out Lafincaco? It took Hito a while to break out, so why can't they have the same patience? It's just basically the fact that they were number one, number, uh, number one and over, number two overall picks. So obviously there's more pressure there. There's more 10 times the expectations, while there is obviously patience because with Hito because he was a late first rounder. So just naturally, people are going to say first and second overall picks. Got to perform right away, or else they're busts. It's just how it works. And and also, also, uh, no one's brought this up recently, but we are from New York, and we're we're really. I know we we are known for our patience here in, in this this great state <laughs> of ours. Um, but yeah, it's it's New York, and you know everything is is under you know a fine microscope. It's actually really funny, and that you know. Uh, I mean, everything you said makes perfect sense. Um, who has more points this year, Kako or Hedl? Or not, sorry, Kako or Lafreniere? Question. I'm. I mean, I'm going to assume it's Kako, but something. I think it's Kako. Hold on, I'm looking. Yeah, up. but, I, but I, I'm assuming. It's by Kako. how many? That that that's my real uh, question. I'm looking up right now. But it's how he got the points, right? Like Lafreniere was kind of. I, a I, I, I understand. I'm just saying, as of as of right now. As of right now, at the All Star break, it's one. Has wow. one more point than Lafreniere. They have one point. And and and, 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 and and Lafreniere has played one less game, and people are making Lafreniere out to have like the worst first half. And I I understand the question. I'm just saying I do agree that we need to you know pump the brakes on the on the crazy train a little bit. Uh, I I think that you know. Especially fair, last though. week or so, I, I think I think Lafreniere had had a pretty good last week into the All Star break, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, a week off, ten days can kind of get the get 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 things going in the right direction for him. Um, especially coming into the break, I thought he played pretty good. To be yep. fair, though, the way Kaku gets the points rather than Lafreniere, like Lafreniere is kind of the product of other plays, while Kaku generates it himself. And no, no, I'm, yeah. I agree with you that we should not jump. I agree. Yeah. It's as a bus or anything, but I'm saying like Kako also does stuff. Um, not with the fuck though, like defensively and all that. Uh, that he's more, no, he's more noticeable. All over right. He's more noticeable. Like, oh no, I agree. He's 100% more noticeable, but it's, it's just super funny that like, you look at like at the end of the year, yeah, you no, look you at it, it's like they're that. almost identical in points. You wouldn't yeah. have expected it. I just saw it this week and thought you guys thought it'd be a funny no, that, thing that to bring up. No, that yeah, is definitely good. interesting. So there were two people that kind of asked the same question here. Uh, it was Nasher Meadow 04 and then uh, Immortal Lou on Twitter. They kind of asked the same question here, um, but I'm, I'm just going to go with one over the other because it's kind of similar. What uh, You are the Rangers GM. How do you approach the trade deadline? 
uh, I approach it with optimistic caution. Um, I approach it with the idea that I am, you know, answering, you know, to continue with the other question before we're one or two pieces away, I think. Um, but I'm also not going to give up key cogs in the future. Um, and then I'll go with it from there. Um, I think, I think that's, that's the way I would approach it. Yeah. I'd rather them do, uh, too little than too much. Um, yep. like, like I said earlier, I'd, I'd rather they keep crab. I'm okay. If they move Jones and, you know, a pick to get somebody, um, I prefer if the, somebody that we get is somebody that we can actually keep. I'm not all that interested in giving up very much for a pure rental. Um, I don't necessarily think this team is absolutely ready to compete but at the same time there's a real you know you just got to be 16 for 28 and with a goalie like Shesterkin if he gets hot at the right time and enough of the players click at the right time anything can happen I just don't really want to mortgage a future so I'd, I'd rather them be a little safer than than swinging for the fences that's what I'll say yep yeah I mean for me personally to win the cup it's really three pieces for me. It's a top six right winger. It's a bottom six forward. Uh, and then it's to solidify that uh, sixth defenseman spot. Um, that you're going to call, it's going to cost a lot. And obviously if I'm the Rangers, I'm not trading away Brendan Offman. No nope. chance. No. Nope. Um, however, um, I, I, I was kind of back and forth on this for the right trade. I would be willing to trade away Kravtsov. I, I believe like I believe he's going to be a great player. I just don't believe it's going to fit the timeline. And if the coach isn't going to play him anyway. That's also team, real. That's a right. real point. Right. Yeah. If the coach is not going to play him anyway, you, you've got to asset management. You, you got to then use him for something else. Uh, yep, it's it's the same thing with Jones also. I, I, I've been saying this. I want Tarasenko. Like everyone says they loved Petrano. Tarasenko is that on steroids. Um, I really wanted him again. I, I, or it's the on, gas. It, what? I said, or the Russian gas. Yeah. Um, I, I really, I, I don't, I think we kind of have a more of an understanding what it would take to get Kane. I don't know what it would take to get Tarasenko, maybe something similar. Um, and then I, like, listen, there's players like Gavrikov that are just going to cost the first and it's way too much. You got to find a guy like you found in Braun last year. That, that's what you got to find. I mean, we. I, I mean, personally, for me, I didn't really complain about uh, complain about that bottom pair until the Eastern Conference Finals. Really, I don't think there was anything clearly noticeable that it was just detrimental to the team. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think like you got to find a guy like Braun to fit up fit uh, to fit that spot. You got to find a bottom six forward to solidify that third line, or maybe chip it on the fourth. Um, and then, yeah, a guy like Tarasico, that, that probably costs you in total. So if, if, let's say you find a guy like Braun, what did he cost? Like a sixth round pick? It wasn't much. Yeah. I think it was a fourth, third was or fourth. fourth. So say, like say the worst case scenario, Tarasico costs the first crafts off in Jones, uh, to get a depth piece. It's maybe a, I, I'm just thinking like how they got Petrano, like something like that, maybe for like a third. And then yeah. like, and then and Tyler then, Mott was a fourth or some or something right. like that. So yeah, that's what it probably take. Like that's a, that's a lot. But like, then what was the point of the season if you're not trying to contend? 
right? You're not, you're not uh, rebuilding. You're not trying to get a top pick. So what are you? The worst thing ever, ever to, uh, for any team is to be that middle team that has no idea what they're doing. They're not up. They're not down. They're middle. And you never want to be that. That is the worst yep. place to be. Um, yep. So that that's really my ideal trade deadline. Um, and that is, I believe, it for the questions. Uh, again, um, we appreciate your questions. Yeah, we're gonna try. We're gonna do this hopefully every single week. I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, of course, if there are guests on, it, it's gonna be a bit different. But when we don't have guests on, we're gonna try this to uh, try to do this every week. All right, our next segment: uh, stir the pot. So this is a, an interesting one. Uh, it could be the most silliest question in the world, or it could be a you know a legitimate question. I kind of went for silly just right off the bat, and then. Uh, I'll figure out the more serious ones in the future. Um, this is gonna be like I, I was thinking about this. I, I told Brett in, uh, the question in the beginning. This is gonna either be the worst question or the best question. I, I don't know what it is, so I'm just gonna say, if there was a team of Michael Grabner's, um, all the forwards were Michael Grabner, and then you had the Nashville decor of 2017 when they made the finals, which was Roman Yossi, Matthias Ekholm. Ryan Ellis, P.K. Subban, Yannick and Weber, and Matt Irwin. Uh, and obviously the goalie is Pekka How far do they go? Uh, I'll go ahead and take it. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's a one and done, honestly. Now, even though that's like an insane decor. Like How Michael fast Gass- are they, though? Holy cow. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're, 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 they're lightning in a bottle. But also, I mean, you have to remember, like, I think, Michael Grabner tops out at like 40 points one year. And oh, no, no, no. Okay. When, I, when I'm year. saying Michael Grabner, I'm saying how he played with the Rangers. Right. So that his best year was with the Rangers. Also that year, that year he also had like an insane amount of empty net goals. It was something like he had like nine empty net goals, pumping up those stats quite a bit too. But think about how uh, fast they are, man. Holy they're, they're They're fast. But the other part about Grabner is that he's going to get caved in on defense. And even though you have, uh, you have the Preds excellent defensive core there, uh i think i think there's he's not enough offense uh even at his best he's fast for sure but then he's going to get a shit caved in defensively and i, I think that's a one and done playoff team that you just built right there he does, they don't win any no they win no one I, I, I they win one it, round one sorry wait, one they round. win one round and then they're done is what i it's meant fine. by that not I, a one, I was one just gonna say i think i think they might be able to squeeze out four wins in that first round if not they go seven and lose but that's it I don't yeah. think they go far. Yeah. It, yeah. That's if that's if they make the playoffs. I was just thinking of the theoretical of what happens if you had one of the best defensive cores in the past couple of years and you just put a ton of speed on the forwards, like what would happen, you know? Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I mean, obviously it depends on the team. Like if you're playing the president's trophy, no chance, just total defense collapse. Uh, but like versus one of the bottom teams, like uh, that would be in the playoffs. I think they could sneak in a playoff. Uh, victory and it, it i think yeah. it could de- i think as crazy as it is i think uh obviously defense has got to be murdered but because of that defensive core and pecorine i think it depends on the like it, it depends like a lot of teams sometimes teams play like a terrible team in the second round just how the playoff format you know manage like let's say that that other team got a lucky first round win uh but yeah no i kind of agree if they win one round then they're done. Maybe they sneak one win in the second round, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, normally these are probably going to be more serious questions. I figured right off the bat, just like, Oh no, I like the silly. The silly is good. So, silly's yeah. good. Yeah. I like um, it. Um, all right. All right yeah. So then we're going to go to top five. You're up. 
Yep, you're up. All right, so then we know this this week we're we're introducing uh, we're going to end every podcast with uh, top fives. Um, I personally thought that we should kind of keep it like into more personal thing right now. And, and what who are your top five favorite Rangers of all time? I'm going to start with my fifth. Now to clarify, this, this doesn't guy, mean the, for the listeners. To clarify, this doesn't mean the best. Uh, this yeah. just means more your personal favorite. to you. Yeah. And and yeah, I, I don't favorite. know what you did, but I, I believe for me and Brett, I'm not sure, but like I didn't do any current, like you know, it's yeah. more nostalgic more when you were young. Rangers only. That's yeah, that's what I did too. Yeah. I got one current Ranger in there. Uh we'll we'll go from there. Uh for me, my top five, I'm gonna go with five, and then you guys go five, and then we'll go four, and then we'll go three, and then we'll kind of quick this or you know, finish this quickly. My five, number five, Sean Avery. Wow. I absolutely loved this guy when he was with the Rangers. Okay, you can call me an absolute muppet. You can call me a clown. I don't give a shit. I love this guy. And you know what? He made hockey fun again for me. Okay? When he stood in front of Brodeur and danced like a fucking idiot. I was going to say. So much fun. When you, when you, when you, so when you, when you force the NHL to make, to make a, a, new rule. a rule book change <laughs> mid-playoffs, you are doing something right. Loved it. Yep. And then and then I and then I found out years later that he joined the Screen Actors Guild. Now he's an actor. Me and him are in the same fucking guild. We're both in the Screen Actors. I mean, nice. I I just I, I love the guy. You know, I just part of the, I think he's a lunatic. He's fit he's, for a straight jacket, but he's one of my favorites. Yep, I like it. Cool pick. Good one. Um. My number five is just going to be, uh, you know, our little hobbit, Matt Zuccarello. Uh, love Ooh. that guy. Oh, you had him only five. Oh, yeah, he's five. He's five. He's five. He just made just made it in. Uh, he was a late addition. I mean, I, I I love that guy, and he's still man. I watch him play Minnesota. He is still just phenomenal. I mean, if every player played his career out as long and strong as he has. Boy, I'd be a lot more okay with these later, longer-term veteran signings. I tell you that, uh, just phenomenal. And guys. this is all after he got a puck to the head and was in the oh, hospital. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. It's incredible. Um, by the way, when we were talking about, I didn't realize this. We were talking about five to one. We we're talking about least to best, right? Yeah, the, number five even, all the way to one. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, give me one sec here. We're uh, okay. Um, probably for you guys, he's got to be much closer to one or two, but, um, my number five is Ryan Callahan. Uh, I just, you know, mm. I, I mean, I, I know people that I, I just like the fact that it just showed that just because you're not the best doesn't mean you can't be exciting, uh, to play and still be the captain, you know? And like, he did have his great moments. Um, that was just it for me. Um, yeah, that, that's really all I got. Yeah, obviously, okay. last four. Yeah. All right, number four for me, you know, and it was more of me being a kid because, like, watching the 94 team, and I was only, like, three and a half years old, so I didn't really watch that team as much. Um, but really just, like, being a kid growing up and then, like, the aura of Messier for me. And, like, obviously, like, I mean, there's so many players, obviously, and, like, he's so – pivotal to the history of the Rangers um, reading his biography. If you haven't read his biography, read his biography. It's actually funny. I've read two, the, I've read Avery's and Messier's biography, actually um, both really interesting books. 
Doesn't oh, uh, what's his name like rip on torts in his? Oh yeah, for sure. He fucking absolutely torches torts. Um, but Messier, uh, he's just such an interesting guy, and like it's just. And it also goes to like Gary Thorne's calls of like the like, do you believe it? Like it's just like you I sometimes I just can't stop I can't not think of him and get chills. You know, so he, I, I would say he's and I only saw him for a little bit when I was like actually watching hockey. Uh but for me he was the first like superstar in my head. Uh so he was he's number four. I like it. I like it. Uh my fourth is kind of a little bit of an odd choice and just because it's not like he played forever with us. Uh, but he's just one of my all time favorite hockey players ever. And I did love when he was a Ranger and that's Yarmir Yager. Um, yeah, I, I think is probably after Gretzky is the best playmaker of all time. Um, I, his vision and passing is just absolutely elite. Um, love the guy, love his character, love everything about him. I didn't love the little landing strip that he had on his chin when he played for us, but I can forgive that. Um, so even though he wasn't like a long time, all time Ranger, uh, he's still just one of my absolute favorite players. So yeah, Piagra's in my list. Um, yeah, so that's actually my fourth as well. Um, oh, no way. Nice. yeah, yeah, that, that was, that was my fourth as well. Um, like when I was young, he's just one of the first players I remember. Uh, I think I was like maybe seven at the time, right? Uh, yeah, I had two older brothers, and that's how I got into hockey. Uh, that's actually how I became a goalie because obviously they're both forwards, they're gonna throw me in the net. That's kind of basically every, yeah. every goalie's origin story. Um, yeah, like I, I don't, I just remember one time that just I remember that's like he just deeks out casually. I think it was versus the Islanders, I don't remember, or Flyers. It was the first arrival, just casually deeks out three players like it's nothing, yeah. and, and it's just like that amount of skill was just insane. And that was just the first time I truly saw a Ranger have that level of skill. So it kind of it really stuck with me. Um, and yeah, that's basically my fourth. Nice. Uh, number three for me, and it's, it's, it's soon. It's soon. He's the only current Ranger on my list. Uh, but Fox, I mean, he is just, and I, I, we didn't really set any like rules or parameters. You guys, I know, didn't put any current Rangers on there, and that's fine. Um, he, he, he's, and my brother would one hundred percent have Brian Leach as his number one. But you know, for me, being able to sit here and watch Fox's career from beginning uh, is is just awesome. Um, he is, he is unbelievable. It's 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 insane that he's. It's just crazy that he's our defenseman. Like that's like it, it. It boggles my mind sometimes. Just like watching how calm he is, and it's just it's awesome. Uh, I absolutely love watching him play. It's fucking awesome. He is, yeah. It's just he, he's well, one of my favorites right now. You you look at Rangers history, and it is throughout the entirety of Rangers history, and it is exceedingly rare if ever that we have genuinely one of the best players in hockey playing on the team currently we have a lot yeah. of guys that used to be the best player on our you know oh, always always get those guys that used at the to be. at the end yeah that yeah. is true but actual like from their day one games like uh and i obviously not homegrown because you didn't draft him but blah 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 whatever 
it is exceedingly rare that the Rangers actually have like the superstar, the guy. So yeah, it's, it's a great pick. Um, I just, it, the only reason I didn't, awesome. choose, the only reason I didn't choose current ones is just because it was going to make it too complicated and too hard. And I didn't want to have to sweat this one out. So I, and also I recency could, bias and all that. Recency bias. It's yeah. It's it, yeah. I just, it's maybe it's cop out, but whatever. I just chose uh, X players. So uh, anyway, my number three um, growing up, um, I was always a big goalie guy anyway. And so um, there was no one finer than, than Mike Richter um, watching him win a cup was mm. just an absolute joy for me. I uh, love the guy too. Uh, real humble, real down to earth. Um, just never heard a single bad word about him ever. Um, but yeah, Mike Richter, that's number three for me. Uh, my number three is kind of a weird, it's kind of weird because like, you wouldn't expect this. It was just, uh, and it, it's not now, but it is like, you know, like five years. Holy cow, it's actually seven years ago. It's kind of crazy. Um, just a guy that stuck out was Derek Prasard. He was just, mm. I know, I know, I know, I know. There is, uh, there is, there's, there's a lot in a lot of people's eyes, better options. Just for me, like, he was like, we never had that elite guy because Nash was supposed to be, but it wasn't real. He was only like for one regular season. But Broussard was just in the playoffs so clutch. And you just went nuts every single time uh, he scored one of those goals. And, and just in the regular season, he always had those moments. It's just like we never truly had a 1C. But he just – he always gave it his all, right? So it was just I, – I know there are like 20 other options. It was just one guy that stuck with me there. All right. All right. And it's an oddball one, I will say, but – huh? It, it is an odd one. I knew. I knew when I I put that on. Like th- this is gonna be uh, yeah, that's... a little questionable and odd. But yeah, that's... no, it's strange. It is. I know. It is definitely strange. I'll, I'll... I love it though. I... That's the whole. I'm... That's the whole point of it. Is to not make it like the top five greatest of all time. Like it just be no. It's not. It's not the best. Um, it's not it's the per- best. It's personal. Just, yeah. Right. It's no, more it's, personal. Yeah. It's entirely subjective. But you're still wrong. But it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Uh, for I, me, I can't no, believe you have two me, only five. If we're gonna play that way, yeah, <laughs> fair, fair. For me, for me, number two is uh, is is Richter. Um, again, like it kind of goes back to what I said about Messier. Like, just like Richter for me was like an absolute like he was like one of the Avengers when I was a kid. Like just yeah. growing up, like Richter was fucking awesome. The mask goalies and like the artistry behind goalies and like their their mask and their pads and everything absolutely loved it uh i wanted to be a goalie from day one playing hockey it's just so freaking expensive that i you never didn't actually have two older it. brothers to force you i'm assuming i actually did have two older brothers and they're both psychopaths and they would shoot on me all the time in uh, street oh, really? hockey but i never i never actually played uh ice hockey goalie you know um but i would jump in net and street hockey and get hit with anything that they would possibly throw at me yeah, because I'm yeah. a psychopath. Um, I had but, one yeah, of my so brothers I, during, uh, like, we were playing floor hockey, and just just someone, one of them, just casually cross checks me in the back, and then I fall into a net that's plastic, so it just shatters everywhere. It was just like you know, like two older brothers getting get they gotta get messed up. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it sounds like a going rate for me. Uh, you know, they. Uh, but yeah, Rick Richter for me was, was always always just absolutely amazing. Um, and I never th- this is the thing I never thought I would love another goalie again. Hint hint at my number one. 
going to kick it to Brett for his Oh, I, I wonder who that's going to be. Yeah. Um, I, I will say too that I, I, I almost put, even though like barely matters as like uh, in Rangers history, but if we're just talking about Rangers players who I actually love, but not for being Rangers players, you know, Steve Alcott would make this list. I don't know who he would mm. take the place of, but I genuinely love him. I love his analysis. I just didn't put him on the list because the reason I love him isn't for him as a Ranger. It's for him as like a personality, a commentator, and an analyst. So I just wanted to throw that Makes out there real quick. That 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 was he was like how, an alternate. How spoiled are we that we have Henrik Lundqvist and Valakat and John Gino, who's also got like just casually doing MSG networks? And oh, it's amazing. Like, We're it's, so spoiled. Well, so like spoiled. I I I I asked Valley right forty two games in. Hey, can we just get an expected? Goals for and against, like uh, clear side analytics uh, card just for the passing. It's like, sure, here you go. Like, just post it. Like, yeah, amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, the interactions that they actually do with with people with in fans. It's 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 really laudable. But yeah, we are absolutely spoiled rotten. Anyway, uh, I want to move this along. So my number two and the fact that I now know what Luca's uh, number one is uh, that was a means that that this is an absolute joke that you don't have them on your fucking list and that's brian leach how do you make a top five and not have brian leach on it he has to be like i have an excuse i couldn't watch him but you what is that what what is what is that i just (laughs) i just put i just put the the leach 2.0 brian leach growing up was was man i like every time i play hockey i i my my number growing up was was always 11 so i put that in my second number is always number two um, is a number that I put in on a team because you always have to put it in. Like, if you don't get your first choice, here's your second. My second choice is always Leach. Uh, my dad. What skates. people usually do though is because what people usually do is they put their favorite number and then as their second number they put in sixty nine because they know they're not going to actually allow it. They're like, oh yeah, that's so, so, so they have to pick their first. Right, that's a good move. Yeah, I always did eleven, and then my alternate is number two. So I sometimes play as number two, usually number eleven though. Um, so yeah, a massive, massive Leach fan. How my my dad's uh, hockey skates are a pair of Brian Leach's backup skates because my, my uncle, is, like, as I've said, I think before, maybe not on the podcast, but he was a trainer for the Rangers. Um, so I always thought that was really cool that my dad's sitting there with his backup skates, uh, old CCM tacks. Um, but, yeah, just grew up watching him. I mean, uh, just one of the best skaters. I mean, watching him skate was just phenomenal. And, and he was also – you know, at the time, there's a lot of defensemen that could that could join the rush and score, uh, but they weren't very good defensively and they were responsible defensively. But Leach was one of those kind of Bobby Orr kind of guys that uh, was phenomenal on both ends. Was an absolute shutdown defender, but also could skate through an entire team and score a breakaway goal. Um, he was just absolutely electric. Um, love, love, love Brian Leach. He's near and dear to my soul. So yeah, number two. It's crazy also that uh, for a couple of years as his defensive partner was Zubov. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, good I'm luck. Trying, I it's bl- I'm blanking right now. Who was the one that forced a Zubov trade? Was it was it it was a coach, right? Who was the one that forced him to be? It wasn't. It was because Kina wasn't there very long after that. I, I it was the GM who ended up. But like, there was a reason behind that, it. Like right? someone, I think there was someone. I don't know if it was the coach. Someone won that wasn't a fan of him anymore. Even it was the stupidest. It was. Thing it was I think it was the. G- I I could be wrong. It's it's either Keenan or whoever the GM was at the time. I, I'm I'm blanking on his name right now. I was three years old. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, uh, second is you know where he's rightfully should be. Brett 
is Matt Zuccarello. That, that, <laughs> that, that is like, uh, hear me out for a second. All right. I wasn't alive in 1994. So as much as I love them and they're the, the best, you know, uh, some of them are like the greatest Rangers. I, I can't relate to them. Right. Because I, I never watched them live. Right. I'm not waiting up like uh, 10 p.m. at a Pacific game and watching like it's none of that or during the playoffs experiencing all that. So like I, I can never really relate to Leach, Messier, uh, Zubov, all those guys. So I, I and Richter as well. Um, so that's why I don't have any of them. This guy wasn't alive. Then I wanted to pick people that I was alive and I experienced it live. Uh, I think Matt Zuccarello just like he defied all odds uh, coming into the NHL. Uh, every single time he had the puck, the MSG, uh, MSG you felt like was going to collapse. Everyone goes nuts. Um, I, I remember a time, I don't remember if it was Detroit or something, like he was small, but he played so big. He played so tough. Like I remember he was stick checking Zdeno Chara. And the commentators are like, what the hell is he doing? Like, he's got to get yeah. killed. And then he just kept on going after Char over and over and over again. And eventually got the puck away from him. Like, he was... No fear. No fear whatsoever. I remember a game I was at. It, it was later. It was like, I think, a year before he got traded. Um, where he was by the Detroit bench. And someone tried to check him. And he knocked the ball and pushed the uh, pushed the Detroit player back yeah, on his bench. Yeah, made the bench, yeah. Right, yeah. and then the uh, the Detroit player tried to get up and he pushed him back in. Yeah. But like, everyone, oh my, the, like you felt uh, the garden shake. Like, you thought it was going to collapse. It was just amazing. That guy was just a ball of energy. He was amazing. I was, I was so, I, I understood it have to happen, but I was up, so upset when they traded him. Um. Yeah, and I, I thought he was actually going to resign with Dallas because he played amazing for them in the playoffs. I just guess I don't know what happened there, whether the cap anyway. But yeah, that's my second. Uh, again, can't really relate to 1994. Obviously, they're the best. Obviously, not even close to best Rangers. Uh, I'm sure if I was alive at that point, it, it wouldn't be a question. It was them. It was just more of you know who to relate to. Yep, yep, I get it, I get it. All right, go All ahead. Right, and say one, one obviously. Number one, obviously, Hank. All right, yeah, whatever. Okay, fine. You know, I never thought that I would uh, be able to watch. It's, it's just really cool to be able to watch a player's career beginnings and who's going to go into the Hall of Fame. You know, obviously, as a Yankee fan, I saw it happen with Jeter and Rivera uh, and all those players. But it was different with Hank, in a sense, because the Rangers were so fucking futile when he joined them, they were so bad. They weren't even worth watching, uh, you know, before the lockout. Uh, And he brought hockey back to the Rangers. He he made it fun again. He made it enjoyable again. Obviously, I I started the list with Sean Avery uh, because he made it fun again for me as well. Uh, But, you know, that team, it wouldn't have been good if it wasn't for Henrik, and that was the team that kind of got me back in hockey. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's Henrik. I cried when they raised his jersey to the rafters. I, you know, he's 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 one of my favorites. They freaking stole that game, man. They screwed us over. Screw those refs, man. I am pissed to this it's day. Fu- God, Berkey, calm down, calm down. I almost named my dog Hank. You know, it it is what it is. Kick it to Brett. So stupid how that wasn't. 
But 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 the Capocaco goal that's called off versus the Pittsburgh Penguins in Game One. Give me a freaking fair. That is such trash. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm ranting right now. I'll just you know go to breath. Just, just go to breath. Yeah, the number one uh, favorite player of all time uh, for the Rangers, ex Rangers, is Henrik Lundqvist. Of course, it has to be. Um, if Berkey says anything else, I'm, I think I'm quitting the podcast <laughs> out of protest because it's just wrong. Uh, I mean, it was actually no, no. My top was Lieber Hayek, so sorry. Oh, you motherfucker! Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Hank is just incredible um, as a player, and and also just as a person too. Just like that level. I mean, I think one of the greatest things I've heard about him was was when uh, Sam was talking about how sometimes the uh, Garden of Dreams almost doesn't want to ask Hank to do something because they know he'll say yes no matter what. Um, and I thought, man isn't that incredible that you're always so down to help that the charity is almost not wanting to ask because they know you're going to say yes. Like that's just, so not even just as a player, but just as an ambassador for the game, for the team and for his charities. Um, And also just that I don't understand how a man keeps getting better looking. Like he's better looking at 40 than he was at 25. And that just shouldn't be humanly possible. Not possible. Yeah. He's just an Adonis and he's a perfect human being. And I love him with all my soul and I wish nothing but, health and happiness for the next hundred years for him. Hopefully let's be 140. So that's, uh, that's my, that's mine. And Berkey, I swear to God. Okay. So my number one is Brett Howden. No, shut the um, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, my number one is the obvious King Henrik Lundqvist. Um, it, it wasn't like you knew immediately when he started, like, this is something special here. Um, and you just got to live throughout the whole uh, Players Hall of Fame career. It was just amazing to watch. And on top of that, I'm a goalie. So, like, I always looked up. Like, I always, like, saw him play, try to, you know, repl- obviously try to replicate that. But, um, yeah, it was just amazing to watch. No matter how bad the Rangers team was, because of him, you know, you knew always, no matter the game, they had a chance of winning. Yep. Which is yeah. – which there are so few players, not just in a general season, just in the existence of the NHL that can do that as a, as a goalie, um, you know, every night and every goalie has their one elite season and then just falls back. The matter of consistency that that guy had is insane. With some absolute yeah. garbage defensive teams in front of him right. for a lot of yeah. times, too. All right. So the numbers that he puts up sometimes in context when other people compare him to other goalies, I'm like, you forget, those teams actually had real defenses I have in front of him, too. He was left door take that, like, I, I, I'm pretty sure a mob would end up in the uh, front of my apartment building. I, I, I'm just, like, one of those guys, like, yeah, he had shutouts. So a couple of them were just 15 shots on goal, and he had a Hall of nine, Fame. Nine save shutout. Nine save shutout. Oh, yeah, and he had a Hall of Fame uh, defensive core, and they had played the trap system that nearly broke the NHL. Brodeur's not even a years. top three goalie for me. Brodeur's I, I, not even top three all-time for me, so I don't no, even care. It's, it's the basic thing of people see the results, but they don't see the context. Yeah, that's the basic thing of Mark Brodeur. Like, I'm not saying he's not an elite goalie. He's not number one. No, 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 not even close. Um, I I love I love how I love how we were able to do our top five and then just say that 
Brodeur's not even a top three. Yeah. So it was a really nice <laughs> way. Just really end on a wrap our top. Order. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really, really nice way to, you know, do our first top five and then say a nice fuck you to Uncle Daddy. Um, <laughs> go, go ahead. Go ahead on more on family that. members. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Although an honorable mention, like it's not even close to my top five. It's just like one guy. Like I know I, I kind of did more modern, like, uh, kind of the 2014, 15, 13 era. Although I did have Yager in there. I did have Callan in there. Just one guy was like Ryan McDonough. It's because like we had so many bad defensemen. He was just the one guy. Like if there was an award for best defensive defenseman, I think he wins it two, three years. Oh, maybe like, five, honestly. Maybe, like I remember um, it was at the end of the year, like one of the last games. I don't even know. I, I think there was actually controversy why he was even playing because he should have been sitting out. Uh, he, he was playing versus Columbus Blue Jackets, and he made that one mistake. And everyone's like, "That that has to be his first mistake of the year." And it was yeah. like game eighty two. Yeah, everyone's like, "That that had to be his first mistake." Like that guy made no mistakes defensively. Absolutely, listen, he was not a crazy offensive guy. And actually, the funny thing is, his last season when they were somewhat contending, he scored what forty two points. Uh, but it was just the guy gave nothing def- uh nothing up defensively. It was it was insane. He he was the one guy you could say like. Ever we didn't have the elite sniper in that, but one thing we could say is we had that obviously not offensively, but we had that somewhat number one defenseman, and Ryan McDonough was that guy, and he was just uh, even if he was injured, he he would just play to his fullest. Oh yeah, absolutely loved him. I I have a I have an authentic McDonough jersey. It was the first authentic jersey I ever bought. It was a Ryan McDonough captain jersey, and then he got traded like a year later, so <laughs> it was it gets to stay real current, but. Sick. Cool. All right. All right. Well, I really like I really like the segments. This is going good, and um. Yeah, no, it was real, very good. I, I love how in the McDonough deal we ended up getting Brett out and Lever Hayek and yeah, and oh, Ford. Oh. That's a that's a great way to finish it. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 a... I I like fuck for Dur being the end of it actually, so I'm just gonna loop back and yeah. say that one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Most overrated. Most yeah, most overrated. overrated. Oh yeah, absolutely. Most overrated. I... Hey, not nine nine shots on goal shutout, so he must be elite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to end it off here. I, th- I think those segments went pretty well. Um, yeah. So we'll be back with you guys next week. However, I'm not going to mention the guests yet because obviously Jordan Pace is like it happens. But the plan is, is that to actually record Monday morning. Obviously, I, I, I'm i not sure 100 percent, but the plan is to rec- uh, to release it so that either when you get home, uh, when on your way from work, on your way from school and all that, it uh, it's released by then. It'll probably release. 12 o'clock in the afternoon if not it will release tuesday morning uh just to let you guys know obviously if you see monday morning that hey there's nothing there uh that is why and uh yeah thanks and it so will much. be worth the wait it, it it will if everything goes to plan it will definitely be worth the wait uh and yeah thank you guys so much for watching and-